Hi, this is Travis from Providence Reformed Church. You're about to listen to a question and answer from one of our elder Q&A panels, which we held during one of our Sunday morning growth classes. Since the Ten Commandments are a summary of God's law, is it inconsistent to believe that the laws being summarized passed away with Israel, but yet the summary is still valid for everyone today? Jesus and the apostles appear to assume continuity of the law, with the exception of the ceremonial laws. A good example of this are not muzzling the ox, being unequally yoked. And the first and second great commandment from Deuteronomy 6.5 and Leviticus 19.18 restated by Jesus to name a few. Okay, so the question is, is it inconsistent to believe that the Ten Commandments as a summary of the law of God apply while saying that the actual law of God that they summarize has passed away with the uh, moving from the old covenant to the new. Jason? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, so th- th- the question here, how do, how do we use the Old Testament law in the modern church? And is there an inconsistency? Um, Let me go first, actually, to some of our historic confessions, and then we can talk about biblical stuff, because really there's there's a couple of ways to answer this question. One of them has to do with how we handle the law. One of them has to do with covenant theology. How have others dealt with this question in the past? Um, John Calvin would tell you that we are absolutely not inconsistent. Calvin is very clear that the law of God, as far as relates to Israel, was very much something that was particular to a particular people in a particular time. That law, of course, can reveal to us the moral character of God, but the specific applications are unique to Israel and do not have to be brought into other nations. Calvin points out, this is why we know that You know, the Bible doesn't say that there's one style of government a nation should adopt because Calvin was living in a very much a a city-state where the the people were governed by the city, whereas other people were living under kings and other people might be living in some form of democracies and that that sort of that sort of stuff. And Calvin's like, it's it's not about that; it's about the the moral principles of the God who has given it. If you want to find that, you can look in Calvin's Institutes, chapter book four, chapter twenty. Uh, sections 14, 15, and 16. If you look at the Second London Confession, which we've used as a church, um, you know, as to help us with some guidelines as we've thought about doctrine. Again, we know it's not scripture, it's not infallible, but the 1689 is very clear in chapter 19 that the our Baptist forebears, and by the way, we are a Reformed Baptist church, our Baptist forebears would say to us that the law of God in the Old Covenant could be looked at in in three categories, three that they believe are helpful categories. The moral law of God, the civil law governing the nation of Israel, and the ceremonial law. And the 1689 is very clear that the civil and ceremonial laws are fulfilled in Christ already. Excuse me, I'm about to hiccup at you. Fulfilled in Christ that they are no, they're not specifically applicable uh, directly from one nation to another when it comes to the civil laws and but instead that the moral law in its nature is always applicable and what they say about the civil law is that the way that the civil law is carried over from israel what we see in in deuteronomy about things like 
build a parapet on your house so nobody falls off the roof. The law of a parapet's not the issue. But there is something called general equity. And they would say there's a, inside all of the civil laws of God are references back to either A, common grace, the common revelation of God to mankind, or the clear moral law of God. Why do we build an, a parapet around our roof so that nobody falls off? The answer is it's not nice to kill people. And so if someone's going to walk around on my roof, I should do my best to keep that person safe. So we would not apply in any direct sense the law that says if your house has a roof, you have to build a rail around it. Instead, we would apply the general equity principle of you don't do things that kill people. But what Calvin and all the others would say to us is different societies struggle with different problems in different ways. And so certain things that the civil law for Israel would have put in place would not necessarily be things that maybe we don't struggle with them in the same way or maybe we shouldn't respond to them in exactly the same way. And the question is like, would it be morally wrong to do it differently? As an example, let's say in, if I stole something from Ben that's not important to his job, the law of Deuteronomy would tell me that I have to pay him back plus 20%. If I stole something that was important to his job, I had to pay, it, pay him back five times or four times. It was, it was, it was a big number multiple times. Um, Different societies have dealt with theft differently throughout the ages. I don't think that we can say that we are required because Israel was required to punish theft in the way that they were punished, that every society must punish theft in exactly the same way. Um, Our theonomist friends would say to us that saying things like that is putting man's law in place of God's law. And throughout history, the leaders of the church would say, no, what we're saying is we're bringing the moral principle of the law to bear. They would also bring to bear covenant theology in this regard. Israel, as a nation, was a very unique people in a very unique setting. Direct access to God, direct access to the revelation of God, direct access to Urim and Thummim to have God rule them in a theocratic manner. Those people were also to be a type of what the people of God would one day be. Which is why, for example, when people were cut off from the community in Israel, it was a type or a symbol of hell. Or when somebody was put to death for an offense, it was a type or a symbol of hell. But now that Christ has come, we don't have to necessarily enact the exact same punishments in order to be faithful to the word of God. So certain things let's say adultery. Should adultery be outlawed? It really should be. Does adultery have to be punished with the death penalty? Well, there's nowhere in the New Testament that any of the, of the, of the first century church said that it should be. In fact, when Paul dealt with the issue of adultery in 1 Corinthians, Paul's very clear, you know, that's you know, again, uh, the abandonment of, of someone by, uh, by a non-believer or something of that nature. Jesus talks about adultery in the New Testament. The assumption isn't that the adulterous spouse would be put to death. Instead, the assumption is that divorce was going to be an issue. Some of that has to do with the hardness of hearts of men, but it does not seem that, that we have to have a one-to-one parallel of Old Testament law to new. So the answer, as I would agree with Jason, is no. I don't think it's inconsistent to say that the moral law of God, including its summary in the Ten Commandments, applies. But I would also argue, and here's what I'm going to get really dangerous, 
the Ten Commandments are a summary of the moral law as God gave it to Israel, the nation, to summarize the covenant. Which means, I don't think the Ten Commandments have to be carried over to us as law. They're carried over us to us as an example and clear summary of the moral character of God. Which is one of the reasons why I don't believe that we are bound to the Sabbath commandment as Sabbath regulations were done in the Old Testament. What we're bound to is the moral principle that God has always wanted his people to take a day and focus on him, focus on rest, trust in the fact that God will provide for them. Whereas some of my brothers and sisters are very, they believe that we're under a Sabbath law and that the Lord's day is the Sabbath law. I don't think that's actually accurate. But no, well, again, again, go, go to our, our, our 1689 brothers. They think Sabbath's a law. You know, they do. But I don't agree with them there because I think that they're, I think they're being inconsistent in their application of moral law. So anyway, there's the medium-length answer to that question. You want to chime in, Ben? Or Jason? Uh, no, I don't think there's a 